This is Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News with Libby Collins. And we have a very busy show this morning. And as Jessica just told you, we're keeping an eye on that storm that is probably going to be coming in sometime late last late tomorrow evening with five to eight inches of snow. So we're going to check in with TMJ4 meteorologist Brendan Johnson. And I know, Brendan, you are keeping a really close eye on this approaching storm. What, what do you think is really going to happen? Yeah. Uh, good morning, Libby. Yeah, it's going to be a busy week in the weather office for sure. Uh, yeah, it is looking like this could be our first significant snowfall of the season, all getting underway uh, tomorrow during the evening. The worst of the storm looks like it'll pass overhead Tuesday morning and into the afternoon where we could see upwards of five to eight inches of snowfall accumulation. Now, that is going to be more likely west of Milwaukee, west of the lakefront. If you're right in the city or right you know, within a mile or two, two of the lake, you can expect that warmer lake water to kind of cut down on those accumulations. But this is a long duration event. Uh, We could have periods of moderate to even heavy snow lasting through Tuesday evening, and then we'll wrap things up by Wednesday morning with a few flurries. So uh, first one of the season, Uh, we do not have any winter weather headlines yet from the National Weather Service, but I do expect those to possibly start coming down uh, later this afternoon. And it looks like this week we will be seeing snow throughout the week on and off. Yeah, so this is probably the main event right here for Tuesday. Uh, We'll shut things down a bit on Wednesday, maybe a couple of flurries, and then we get another clipper system that kind of rolls through on Thursday, more likely in the morning. That could deliver us, you know, another dusting to an inch. Uh, Those systems are really quick moving, don't dump a lot of snow. And then we're also, in the extended period, watching yet another system which moves through the Midwest. This one, however, the track of this uh, bears watching. It kind of clips southeastern Wisconsin, so it's the difference between not seeing very much of anything at all and maybe seeing yet another uh, good snowfall for the area, so we'll keep an eye on it. Now, this one approaching tomorrow, is there any chance it might miss us, go a little bit north or a little bit south? (laughs) You know, there is still a window of time, Libby, for there to be some changes to the track. One thing we saw this morning was that that track, the snow, shifted a little bit farther northwest. Now, as of right now, that puts southeast Wisconsin in the snow zone, like right in the middle of it. So we would see a pretty good accumulation. Why? One of the reasons why Weather Service is waiting on the headlines, we want to wait for another you know, slate of model runs to see if we move that even farther northwest. That would mean that now the bulk of the snow would pass even farther northwest of Milwaukee, and that could lead to another change. So we'll start to see those details here in the next few hours. Uh, But as it stands right now, a good chance for much of southern and even central Wisconsin to see uh, a good deal of snowfall from the system. So folks should start kind of thinking about, you know, uh, travel plans, you know, stay tuned with the forecast. There will likely be changes, but all those good winter weather tips, uh, we need to start thinking about those now. Well, I know you're keeping an eye on it at the Storm Center, TMJ4 meteorologist Brendan Johnson. It's always good to talk with you, Brendan. You too, Libby. Take care. All right. Well, we've got a very busy show ahead. Brewers play-by-play announcer Jeff Levering is going to be here with us with a preview of the winter warm-up event. Can you believe that spring training's only six weeks away? Uh, But we've got to get through that football season first. So WTMJ's Brandon Stein is going to also join us this morning. He's going to talk a little bit about the Packers and the Bears uh, matchup today. And if he thinks, well, what he thinks the chances of their making the playoffs will be. We're also going to hear from our consumer expert, Michelle Reinen, about imposters who have been posing as public service employees in Milwaukee. And she also has a fascinating story about a Wisconsin resident who was scammed out of half a million dollars. Wait until you hear this one. Uh, Sean Ryan is in for Mark Cass from the Milwaukee Business Journal. He's going to share which zip codes in southeastern Wisconsin are getting the highest home prices. Also, Matt Miller's going to be here. He's got a new horror movie, and also he's going to talk about the Golden Globes tonight. We'll find out which is more scary. And uh, we have a story about cows, which might move you. Jessica, of course, is in the newsroom. Isaac's pushing those buttons. And in just two minutes, it's Matt Sossler and Sports. I'm Libby Collins on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News, 35 degrees at 812 on WTMJ. Giannis scored 48 points, but the rest of the Bucks struggled offensively in their 112-108 loss to the Rockets. 
Uh, we had some good production from, you know, our, our, some of our young guys coming in. Dre was terrific. Marjan was terrific. Uh, we'll figure it out, and Dame will figure it out. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's always sucks to lose, but, you know, we win together uh, and we lose together. Bucks head coach Adrian Griffin, Damian Lillard was next in line with 18 points for Milwaukee, who outside of Giannis shot 19 of 51 from the field. Up next, they return home on Monday against the Utah Jazz. Coverage on WTMJ starts at 6 with Bucks shoot around. Seventh-ranked Marquette men's basketball fell to Seton Hall 78-75. The Golden Eagles led by as many as 10 and trailed by as much as 8 in the first half. Osui Gadara finished with 22 points and 8 rebounds. Chase Ross only played one minute before suffering a shoulder injury. The loss drops Marquette to 2-2 two two in the Big East. Up next, they'll host Butler on Wednesday night. Tip-off on 94.5 ESPN is scheduled for 8. For the second straight year, the Packers have a winning in Week 18 contest. Um, I know the circumstances around the game are the same but uh we've been in this mode the last couple weeks um you know this is about this year's group and uh i think you know as a coach you might take a few nuggets here and there in terms of what you learned from from past experiences but um you know our sole focus is on the chicago bears right now packers head coach matt lafleur a win against the chicago bears sends the packers to the playoffs a loss wouldn't eliminate the green and gold, but it would require help for the Packers season to continue. Kickoff from Lambeau Field is scheduled for this afternoon at 325. I'm Matt Sossler, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Matt. Uh, it's 33 degrees at 816 on WTMJ. Coming up in just a couple minutes, Sean Ryan from the Milwaukee Business Journal is going to be filling in for Mark Cass, and he's got some information for you about which homes are the most expensive around the area. We'll have that. It's all ahead of Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. We've got some flurries out there, a little bit of drizzle. It's going to be on the cloudy side today. We'll get up to about 37 degrees right now. We're at 33 at 819, and that means it's time to check in on our Tri-County Contracting Hotline with uh, Mark Cass. But he, of course, is on vacation, and filling in for Mark from the Milwaukee Business Journal is Sean Ryan. And Sean, of course, your major beat is real estate, and that's what we're going to focus on this morning. And there's one story you had in the Milwaukee Business Journal this week that I know caught my eye, and a lot of other people are talking about it, and that's the zip codes in the area where the highest prices are in terms of homes. Tell us a little bit about what you found. That's right. We got some data from Zillow Group and Rocket Mortgage, and they looked at the zip codes with the highest median home values in the area. And that's probably not a shocker to a lot of people to see that the zip codes in Waukesha County's kind of western lake country area were in the top spots. Uh, they had a median value north of $600,000. So you're thinking about the area around, say, the Golden Mass Restaurant off Highway 16. I mean, there were around $622,000 for a median home out there. Wow. Now, what about ones that are closer in towards the city? Did any of those really shine? Yes, we didn't see Milwaukee County crack the top of the spot until the 11th ranking. That's when Fox Point shows up. The city of Milwaukee first shows up in the number 20 spot. That's for its east side neighborhoods that kind of hug the lakefront north of North Avenue. Only the areas in Waukesha County's lake country were above 600000 but on the upper end of the $500,000 range, you see some other communities that would probably be what folks would expect. There's Mequon, there's Elm Grove, Delafield is in there as well. What do you think is the hottest area according to zip code right now? Is there a particular community that really came out on top? It depends on whether you're talking price or just volume of sales. You look at the areas where we're seeing the highest prices, they're not really where you see the highest counts, the highest number of sales. I mean, Shaniqua, where we see some of the highest prices in recent years, they recorded just two sales through September of last year, but the median price for those was north of $2 million. But of course, Shaniqua doesn't have that many homes to begin with, though. That's true. And (laughs) Milwaukee County, you know, a lot of homes there, they always have the highest number of sales. 
but the median price in Milwaukee County lags behind that of some of its Wow County suburbs. Very interesting. And again, you can see that story in the Milwaukee Business Journal. Another one I know that you're covering is the Couture. And a lot of eyes have been on that project for now, it seems like a lot of years. What's going on? When are we actually going to see people move in? Yep, you'll have to uh, look up to see what's going on there now because they've reached sort of the highest point for the concrete spine of the building. It's a 44-story building, and they're going to be ready to welcome in their first residents on April 1st. The building won't be completely finished by then, but by that point, they will be ready to open up the 4th through the 30th floors in the apartments on those levels. That's going to be more than 200 of the building's 322 apartments opening up to residents. And they've got a lot of amenities there too, don't they? They do. The ground floor or the ground floors will have a lot. There's going to be the outdoor pool on a deck overlooking Lake Michigan. You see on the fourth floor that's going to be opening up in April, there's different fitness centers and community spaces that also will have great views of the lake. But there's also going to be a lot of spaces the public can go. There's a lot of retail, I think about 45,000 square feet of retail space in the base of the building that they haven't really announced who's going to fill that, but that will be open to the public. There will be restaurants in there. And then also, of course, the transit center at the ground floor. You mentioned 322 apartments. What percentage of commitment do they have right now? Do you have any idea? I do not have that number, but I know they are marketing them. So hopefully in time, we're going to get some more data on sort of the number of commitments, the pricing, that kind of thing. Any idea how that will affect the other apartments and condos downtown? You know, when it's new and shiny, people tend to be more attracted to it. Do you see then some of these other older buildings having more vacancies because people will move to the couture. It depends on the price points we're talking about. We're seeing a lot more very high-end luxury product come online, and that's because of the 777 building that Northwestern Mutual completed downtown with apartments. That performed well, so other developers saw that. They took note, and they're starting to build similar products. We have the Ascent building. That's the one, the Mass Timber world record holder in uh, downtown Milwaukee with its apartments. I mean, we've heard good things about its performance. There's another building in the Third Ward, standing 31 stories tall. That's coming online this year. That will have more of those luxury apartments as well. So we'll have to sort of wait and see how the market absorbs all of this. Of course, you talk to the developers that are building them, and they're not worried, but that's what you would expect them to say as well. Well, speaking of apartments, let's look at Greenfield, because the Mandel Group is planning, what, 288 apartments for Spring Mall? Yes, Greenfield has been another big sort of suburban market for new apartment construction. And the Spring Mall redevelopment has been an initiative by the city. The city actually acquired this vacant property. There's a pick and save in there and some other vacant storefronts. And the city bought it because they didn't want to see it sit empty anymore. And last year, they put out a call to developers to get proposals and try to sell it. And just this week, they picked Mandel Group of Milwaukee, you know, prominent apartment developer as their preferred buyer. And yeah, Mandel's looking at 288 new apartments there. But for those that are fans of it, the Myers Family Restaurant and Banquet Facilities that still operates on the property, they would stay in place as part of this project. They're not going to be removed. Speaking of places, you know, as far as, well, picking up a nice refreshment, the Nomad Coffee Bar is being proposed for the Velar Phillips Plaza space. Tell us about that. Yeah, this is an initiative by the city of Milwaukee. They're putting up the Velar Phillips Plaza. It's under construction now on what used to be a surface parking lot just across from the convention center. And as part of that, the city said, well, we're going to put in a building and then lease it out to hopefully a local and ultimately it will be if they select Nomad, a local restaurant operator to give uh, people another reason to go and visit there. So hopefully by later this year, we'll see the Nomad opening up there and start serving, uh, you know, coffee and other food options. Finally, another story you've got in this week's Milwaukee Business Journal has been about new urbanism. What is that? Yeah, well, you know, it's the time of year where everyone's doing their uh, look ahead and kind of predictions for uh, 2024. And New urbanism just seems to be emerging as a theme in discussions right now. You see it around, say, the I-794 discussion. You're seeing these voices asking for more dense urban neighborhoods, walkability to take precedence over, you know, a car-based lifestyle and sprawl really gain some traction in discussions here in the region. And, you know, I would expect that to continue here this year.
All right. Well, listen, if you want to check out any of these stories, you can always look to the Milwaukee Business Journal. Sean Ryan in for Mark Cass today. Great to have you here. It's my pleasure. Thank you. It's 826 and 33 degrees at WTMJ. Welcome back. I'm Libby Collins on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Coming up this half hour, we've got Matt Miller from OnMilwaukee.com. He's talking about what's happening tonight on TV, and it's, well, it's one of those controversial things that some people love it, other people, well, not so much. But first, the week, the new year brought new taxes to many of us, and there was an armed standoff on Milwaukee's north side. There was a tragedy in central Iowa, and there was so much more. It's the Week in Review. Brought to you by Outdoor Living Unlimited. What we do here is go back, 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 back. tax rates have officially begun. For someone living in the city of Milwaukee paying both the county and city sales tax, you'll be spending 2.4 cents more per dollar. Who says politics is boring? In this corner, Washington County Executive Josh Shulman with 47,000 views to his recent social media post cracking on the newly activated city sales tax in Milwaukee. Bam! Boom! Pop! A Milwaukee Journal Sentinel sought reaction to that post from Milwaukee Mayor Campbell Johnson, who had this to say, quote, I thought his comments were unfortunate, knowing that all communities need revenue. If folks are looking at a high-quality dinner or theater or fine dining experience, they can come here or go to Cracker Barrel there. Fatality. Hey, go on. He just started shooting! We're following breaking news from Milwaukee's Lincoln Park area. In that neighborhood, a report of an officer shot. Law enforcement sources tell WTMJ a suspect has barricaded themselves with children inside an unknown location. As soon as they walked up, he started shooting. Oh my God, you're his mama in the house. Police Chief Jeffrey Norman says he's proud of his officers and crediting the work put in by the crisis negotiating team. I know that these individuals who work are very uh, experienced. We have four children who are able to see their mother and a, an individual who did not have to be harmed. Authorities are inspecting charred wreckage for clues after Tuesday's catastrophic collision on a runway at Tokyo's main airport. The large music venue could be coming to the Potawatomi Hotel Casino. This is 6,000 seats for $200 million, but, you know, that's the Potawatomi way. You do everything big. The Kenosha Common Council taking up a plan for a new casino on I-94 last night. We need to stop bleeding money into Illinois. Do we want to use that land for something that's more productive for the community? Newly unsealed court documents offer a who's who of people name-dropped in connection with Jeffrey Epstein. None was accused of wrongdoing. If your favorite celebrity or your favorite entertainer, your favorite politician is on this list, do you give them a pass or do you cut them off? That's a tough question. I think, you know, my instinct is I'm done with them. (laughs) But I don't think that's practical. Amid a record number of border crossings, House Speaker Mike Johnson and 64 House Republicans touring the southern border. America is at a breaking point with record levels of illegal immigration. Whitewater Police Department reaching out to the White House asking for help with a surge of immigrants there. We need to hire more Border Patrol agents. That's only a piece of the puzzle. It's also enforcing the laws that are on the books. A man is dead following an apartment fire on Milwaukee's east side overnight. Fire investigators say a woman was smoking a cigarette while lying in bed and connected to her oxygen tank. A WTMJ exclusive, despite a requirement in state law that school resource officers must return to Milwaukee Public Schools, that hadn't happened yet. President of the Milwaukee Police Association, Andrew Wagner, tells WTMJ, officers are already being called to schools regularly, but there will be a difference with having SROs. The kids will be seeing the same officers over and over again that are specially trained, and they can build relationships with the schools and the children. However, UW-Madison professor Ben Fisher has been
has been researching the impact of police in schools for a decade. He says his research shows it doesn't really provide any benefit on average for improving safety or reducing crime or violence or weapons in schools. School for a lot of people is a safe space. You get away from home, you get away from situations, and then you're pretty much just saying like, oh, you're you're you go to an MPS school, man, we got to have cops around you, you know, just in case. A sixth grader is dead and five others wounded in a high school shooting this morning in Perry, Iowa. Governor Kim Reynolds speaking from Perry. Our hearts are heavy today and our prayers are with the Perry community. This strikes at the heart of everything that we hold dear. An extended contract and another officer resigning in Big Bend. I ask the citizens and members of this community to scrutinize this board and its actions and consider running for a position within the village board to value your community. Congratulations on what you've done for this village. Make us famous in the worst possible way. What a week. Let a naysayer know. Moose Goody. Goodbye. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Undoubtedly quite eventful. And the Week in Review is sponsored by Outdoor Living Unlimited. It's 41, 33 degrees at WTMJ. Got a warning for you about who might be on your door in Milwaukee. We'll tell you about it right after this on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Well, you probably have heard about this happening around the greater Milwaukee area. And that's some of these people that are coming to your doorway and they're saying they're with the Public Service Commission. Well, joining us on our Tri-County Contracting Hotline is consumer expert Michelle Reinen, and you're hearing a lot about this. Yeah, absolutely. The Public Service Commission of Wisconsin has tipped us off to this because they have been getting reports of a group impersonating Public Service Commission staff, as you mentioned, in the Milwaukee area, and they are soliciting consumers in their homes. In at least one case, the imposter appeared to be selling a solar energy system and distributed marketing materials with unauthorized use of PSC logos and branding. But in another report, the imposter who claimed to be from the PSC gained access to a consumer's electricity meter, took a photo and informed the resident that they would return later. So be very cautious before letting anyone have access to any portion of your home when they just come knocking at the door and are not an approved appointment. Now, what is the reason that they're doing this? Why are they coming door to door? Yeah, in this case, we believe that they are trying to gain access to individuals' home as well as just acquire information from the consumer in their misrepresentations. Those that are falsely trying to sell information and distribute these marketing materials could be seeking to get some financial gain as well by enticing consumers with that solicitation and gathering down payments. But at the end of the day, we believe it's access to the home, which can be very um, hazardous to individuals, dangerous in that fashion, just in the amount of information that can be collected when you enter someone's home, as well as anything beyond just collection of information. Michelle, if by any chance somebody has had that knock on their door of someone who's saying, hey, I'm with the Public Service Commission or any public agency, before they let them in, before they share any kind of information, what do you suggest they do? Well, we certainly encourage consumers to ask for identification to prove that they are with the entity, and that should be a photo ID. Call your municipality to be sure that they have the right to be circulating. Look at your utility bill and call and question using that phone number of someone circulating. And if they say they're with the PSC, contact them. And I think the lesson on that is better to be safe and overly cautious then be sorry. Absolutely. Let's give that consumer protection hotline number. 1-800-422-7128. 33 degrees at 846 on WTMJ. You're one minute away from Matt Sossler in sports. The Bucks comeback fell short in a 112-108 loss to Houston. I thought we dug ourselves in a hole uh, as a unit, but I love how we fought and got out, tried to get out of it. Just kind of ran out of time, but... You know, like I said, Dame's gonna. Sometimes the ball doesn't fall for you. Like he was getting some good looks, and then sometimes they, you know, give him credit. They, you know, they were switching. They're long. They're athletic. They did a good job. Bucks head coach Adrian Griffin. The Bucks outscored the Rockets by 12 in the fourth quarter, led by 17 fourth quarter points from Giannis, who closed with 48. Up next, the Bucks return home on Monday night against the Utah Jazz. Coverage on WTMJ starts at six with Bucks shoot around.
Seventh-ranked Marquette men's basketball fell to Seton Hall 78-75. The Golden Eagles led by as many as 10 and trailed by as much as 8 in the first half. Osui Gadara finished with 22 points and 8 rebounds. Chase Ross only played one minute before suffering a shoulder injury. The loss drops Marquette to 2-2 in the Big East. Up next, they'll host Butler on Wednesday night. Tip-off on 94.5 ESPN is scheduled for 8. The Packers will have a couple of key bodies back today for the win-and-in contest against the Chicago Bears. Jaw's been phenomenal this week. He really has, and uh, it's it's you know still Jair Alexander. When you when you get him back in the building and, and back with the with the potential of the availability, um, it's just a great it's great to have him just here and and with us and and back in the fold. Packers defensive coordinator Joe Barry. In addition to Alexander's return from suspension, they will also get tight end Luke Musgrave and running back Emmanuel Wilson back from injured reserve. However, they will be without running back A.J. Dillon and safety Rudy Ford. Also, wide receiver Christian Watson is listed as questionable after not participating in Friday's practice. Kickoff this afternoon from Lambeau Field is scheduled for 325. I'm Matt Sossler, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Matt. Well, it's going to be a little bit drizzy, drizzly and cloudy, maybe a few flurries out there with a high of 37. And we are keeping an eye on a snowstorm, which will probably start sometime tomorrow night. Might end up with as much as five to eight inches of snow as we get into Tuesday and Wednesday. High today, 37 degrees, and right now, 33 at WTMJ at 849. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Sounds pretty scary for 8.51 in the morning. And I guess it means it's time to check in on our Tri-County Contracting Hotline with media critic, pop culture editor at onmilwaukee.com. It's Matt Miller. And Matt, should we be scared? <laughs> I, I hope not. If you're talking to me, hopefully not. <laughs> what, 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 what was that? This is some spooky music because there was only one new release this weekend, and it's a spooky movie or an allegedly spooky movie called Night Swim, uh, where people are menaced by a haunted swimming pool. And if that sounds very ridiculous, it doesn't play any less ridiculous in the movie itself. Uh, it's, it's not very scary pretty much at any point. I do appreciate kind of the underwater visuals. I think water always looks really cool on the big screen, but if you're going there to get scared... There's just not a lot of good scare scenes in it, and I think even if you're a, a softie for horror movies, you're going to be really, really kind of underwhelmed by how much you jump in this movie. Though I think what will surprise people, however, is how much the Milwaukee Brewers are in this movie, weirdly enough. What? I don't know. Yeah, the main character in the movie is a former third baseman for the Milwaukee Brewers. And no. He, uh, are you there kidding? Are flashbacks. <laughs> I am not. And in flashback sequences in the movie, you see him in a Milwaukee Brewers jersey at American Family Field, and obviously CG American Family Field, because they didn't film the movie here in Wisconsin at all. Um, but it's just very weird. It doesn't make the movie good, but it makes it slightly more memorable than bad. <laughs> well, does Bob Euchre make some sort of a cameo? Because he should if they've got the Brewers. Uh, spo- spoiler alert, Bob Euchre is the monster in the movie, obviously. Uh, no. The- no, I'm kidding. no, I'm kidding. He was, uh, Although that'd be a really good movie. Wouldn't that be a great movie? Yeah, right? I, yeah, Mr. Baseball, the horror movie. I think there's something to that. Jeez. <laughs> oh, so I take it you're you're if you're desperate, this is the movie you want to see this weekend. I, I guess if you're desperate, honestly, I would get caught up on some of the other movies that are out. The Iron Claw is out there. That's very good. Uh, you know, I, I would just feel very comfortable saying you can skip night and swim unless you like really are scared of pools or you really want to see the Milwaukee Brewers logo and you're just that desperate for anything resembling baseball. Hey, speaking of horror shows, uh, the Golden Globes is tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I go back to when Ricky Gervais and Tina Fey and Amy Poehler were hosting it. That made it interesting. That made it funny. But I don't even know who this guy is who's going to be hosting the show tonight. 
Yeah, Joe Coy, he's a stand-up comedian. He's he's kind of popular. He had a movie two years ago, I think. Nobody saw it. Um, yeah, and he's the host this year, which kind of tells you what the state of the Golden Globes kind of is right now. It's kind of a, a nothing entity. They had a lot of controversy over the past several years, a lot of restructuring, more controversy. And, you know, the, the big thing at the end of all of this is that the Golden Globes don't mean anything. I mean, I know the award, I know awards for art is, never means anything. But in the case of the Golden Globes, this isn't like a precursor. There's no overlap between the body that votes for the Golden Globes and the body that votes for, you know, the the Academy Awards. So there's not really a sense of like, oh, they won here, so maybe they'll, you know, win at the big events. It's kind of just a random group of people deciding, letting people know what they thought was good, which, okay, but kind of doesn't have much swing anymore. But wasn't the real reason people watched because they gave the people who showed up, the actors and everybody, a lot of booze, and they'd wait to see if somebody embarrassed themselves when they got up on stage. Yeah, and now things are pretty well manicured in Hollywood, you know, and, you know, it it was considered, you know, kind of the fun event of the award season, but since the Hollywood Foreign Press, the organization behind it, had all these kind of problems behind the scenes, it kind of feels you know, less fun and less spontaneous and less, it feels kind of like required attendance at this point. Um, Yeah. And again, the only benefit that comes from winning tonight at the Golden Globes is that it's always good to be winning. It is always good to be a winner and to have a speech on stage and hopefully have a speech that people really love and want to hear more of you during this award season. But yeah, it's, it's kind of a nothing burger now. Um, I'll be isn't interested the biggest, to see what happens. With, isn't the biggest question whether or not Taylor Swift is going to make it from the football game to the stage at the Golden Globes because she's nominated? That is, that is the big drama tonight. That is the, the big excitement is if Taylor Swift will show up, which thank God, because, I mean, it's just been so long since we've seen Taylor Swift in the spotlight. You know, it, it's just, you know, I want to make sure things are going okay there. Yeah, it's. But, yeah, I I, I mean, that would be a great get for the Hollywood Foreign Press and for the Golden Globes. But, I, yeah, I I think the big, if you're talking about award stuff, I think, I imagine Oppenheimer will win a lot tonight. I think that's kind of going to be a big one. You have the weird comedy category situation. And I would say your, your interesting race there is between Barbie, kind of the obviously the populist, big popular pick, or Poor Things, which is the indie darling with Emma Stone, that's kind of a weird, trippy, updated version of Frankenstein. I think that is your your race there. Uh, but again, like I said, like we'll, we'll we'll find out more about where the Oscars may be going uh, when we get to the Screen Actors Guild Awards and things like that, and the various Guild Awards around town. Uh, but yeah, for the meantime, it'll give something to talk for people to talk about tonight, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as far as we're concerned, not a whole lot going on this week, movie wise or TV wise, then. Yeah, it's 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 the early it's the early January. January famously a burial ground for movies and things like that. But next week we get the Mean Girls musical. Oh. We get the Jason Statham is a violent beekeeper movie. Uh, so there's a lot more stuff coming up later this month. We just got to get through this first cold darn weekend. Can't wait for you to tell us all the buzz about that Beekeeper movie. All right, Matt, we're going to leave you on that one. Have a great week. You as well. We're coming up to 8.58. All right, speaking of um, things that kind of make you sick to your stomach, get a little gassy, ooh, we've got a gassy cow story for you. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. This is Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News with Libby Collins. And welcome back. A little bit later on this hour, we're going to be joined by Brewers announcer Jeff Levering. We're going to talk about that winter warm-up event happening next weekend. But before we do anything else, we've got Jessica Gatto here. And Jessica, do you think about cows very much? Maybe not necessarily, unless I'm like driving through a part of Wisconsin and you've you've kind of there's that smell in the air and you're like, oh yeah, cows. <laughs> Ooh, that smell, huh? Well, you know, I I once worked at a radio station where we had cows, 
Uh, at the radio station. At the, literally outside the radio station. And it had something to do with they, they got some sort of a, a, a tax or an agriculture break because they literally had cows on the premises of where the radio station was, right underneath the towers. It was, it was interesting, to say the least. So I, I know a little bit about cows. And one of the things that I know is they eat a lot of grass, which is fiber. So, of course, what is... If you eat a lot of fiber, what happens, Jessica? Some you gassy get a things. Gassy. Some gassy yes, things. You, yeah, <laughs> oh, ouch. Okay. Well, so, so apparently in Florida, uh, Nicholas DeLorenzo, who is a uh, animal science professor at the University of Florida, has been awarded $5 million in a federal grant to look at cows and gas. And, and here's some of the interesting things that, that I did not realize. Uh, that, well, of course, you know, cows emit gas from both ends. That's true. Yeah. And, and NASA and the, and the Dairy Council say 97% of a cow's gas is from burps rather than the other end. Now, I didn't know that. That's surprising, kind of. Yeah, huh. yeah. It, it, it's the cows burping that that is the real problem. I think that's the real headline here. It's not flatulence. So apparently, twenty percent of all global gas emissions are ethane, and according to the EPA, sixty-five percent of America's methane emissions come from livestock, primarily cows. So what they're going to do with this study? is they're going to create a food additive to improve cow's digestion. So hopefully they won't be burping as much. That's definitely a, a creative solution <laughs> to the problem. <laughs> so, yes, it's, it's good to know that uh, in Florida they are studying cows and, and, and their burps to make sure that we're all safe from... <laughs> All going to be safe from uh, all that methane gas in the atmosphere. All right, Jessica, (laughs) something to think about this morning, and I know you will, and you'll be back with us at at 930. All right, I'm Libby Collins. It's 911. Uh, Something we're really, really interested in, of course, is a game today. The Packers and the Bears, are they going to make it to the playoffs? Brandon Snide from uh, Wisconsin Morning News is going to be joining us in about eight minutes, and he's going to tell us his thoughts. It's all ahead of Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Giannis scored 48 points, but the rest of the Bucks struggled offensively in their 112-108 loss to the Rockets. Uh, we had some good production from you know our, our, some of our young guys coming in. Dre was terrific. Marjan was terrific. Uh, we'll figure it out, and Dame will figure it out. You know, it's uh, you know it always sucks to lose, but you know we win together uh, and we lose together. Bucks head coach Adrian Griffin, Damian Lillard was next in line with 18 points for Milwaukee, who outside of Giannis shot 19 of 51 from the field. Up next, they return home on Monday against the Utah Jazz. Coverage on WTMJ starts at 6 with Bucks shoot around. Seventh-ranked Marquette men's basketball fell to Seton Hall 78-75. The Golden Eagles led by as many as 10 and trailed by as much as 8 in the first half. Osui Gadara finished with 22 points and 8 rebounds. Chase Ross only played one minute before suffering a shoulder injury. The loss drops Marquette to 2-2 in the Big East. Up next, they'll host Butler on Wednesday night. Tip-off on 94.5 ESPN is scheduled for 8. For the second straight year, the Packers have a win-and-in Week 18 contest. Um, I know the circumstances around the game are the same but uh we've been in this mode the last couple weeks um you know this is about this year's group and uh i think you know as a coach you might take a few nuggets here and there in terms of what you learned from from past experiences but um you know our sole focus is on the chicago bears right now packers head coach matt lafleur a win against the chicago bears sends the packers to the playoffs a loss wouldn't eliminate the green and gold, but it would require help for the Packers' season to continue. Kickoff from Lambeau Field is scheduled for this afternoon at 325. I'm Matt Sossler, WTMJ Sports. 
Thanks a lot, Matt. And yes, a lot of minds are on that game later on today. So in just a couple minutes, we're going to be joined by WTMJ's Brandon Side. You know him from Wisconsin Morning News, and he's going to give us his thoughts here on game day and what to look forward to. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News, 915 and 33 degrees at WTMJ. Welcome back. I'm Libby Collins on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. And, of course, a lot of eyes are going to be on that game today between the Packers and the Bears. And joining us from Wisconsin Morning News is WTMJ's Brandon Snipe. And, Brandon, you know, most people, if we go back to September at the beginning of the season, thought by the time this last game would take place, it, it was going to be inconsequential. It was going to be a noon game. It was like, okay, Jordan Love finished his, his first season, and, you know, we, we just move on and look to next year. And then all of a sudden, things changed. How do you assess that? What happened during the season that we are now looking at today's game as being something that, that could really mean something? Well, uh, Libby, good morning to you. Uh, thanks for having me on. I, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with, Jordan Love. I talked about it uh, earlier this week. I think, you know, and as crazy as it's going to sound, that Jordan Love should be in the conversation, maybe not handed the award, but should be in the conversation for the league's most valuable player. Since week nine. Yeah, I know. Since week nine, it's crazy to say out loud. You know, when you really sit back and think about it, he's third in the uh, National Football League in, in, in touchdowns. You know, he's got 34 total touchdowns. He's at about Uh, you know, almost 4,000 passing yards. I mean, he's really turned the corner to where, you know, this team has been able to play a lot uh, with him. And and, and I think without his play, I don't think they are where they're at right now. And I think when you look at everything as a totality, it's a younger team that's just playing with a lot of confidence. And that's sometimes all you need. And when you have that ability to have the talent that they've had and acquire the, the, the pieces they have through the draft, and now you're starting to see, hey, we can do this, we can do that. It's looking pretty good. All right. Is everybody healthy for today's game? Uh, no, not necessarily. Uh, Christian Watson practiced, but he's a little bit banged up with that hamstring injury. Um, Dontavian Wicks, uh, same thing, uh, except with an ankle injury. Uh, Ellen Jenkins did practice. The Packers all-pro uh, left guard. He practiced Friday, but that was his first practice of the week. Um, so they're a little bit banged up. I mean, their injury list has been as long as as anything, um, you know. But on the flip side, the Bears aren't healthy either. Their star quarterback, Jalen Johnson, is out. Um, well, he's doubtful, listed as doubtful with a shoulder injury. So they're all going to be kind of banged up. But this has kind of been the, the story, Libby. I mean, for the Packers, they, they haven't been healthy all year, and they're still making things happen. They're still in the, in the, in the knocking on the door to go to the playoffs with a team that has never been healthy since week one. Yeah, okay, so as we look at the Bears, and again, it's always a great matchup anytime the Bears and the Packers meet. But looking at the teams, and as you mentioned, you know, the injuries on both sides. Now, if the Packers win, let me just get this straight. If the Packers win, they go to the playoffs, correct? Or is there some other game we're looking at? Nope, that's it. Are, are, Are the Bears still in the conversation? Is there a way that they too would be playing for that playoff spot? No, this is this is the Bears Super Bowl, Libby. This is it. This is all they got uh, left. Um, they they're all but mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. So this is literally all that the Bears have to play for. But I mean, if you look at it over the last I don't know decade, I mean they probably haven't had a bigger game on their schedule, even without going to the playoffs than beating the Green Bay Packers to knock them out of the playoffs. So it's it's a it's a, it's a crazy. A crazy thought that this could be like their, you know, de facto Super Bowl. But, I mean, this this is it for them. And that's what I'm wondering from a psychological perspective. Because, as you well know, you know, anytime you are in competition, a, a lot of what you're doing, I mean, yes, obviously physical prowess has a lot to do with it. But it's also what's going on in your head. So as you watch these games, you know a lot of these players who do you think is going to have more motivation and say, we're going to work through whatever happens on the field and we are going to win this game? Jordan Love, without question. Jordan Love, without question, because he's done it all year. I mean, he's had four receivers out of the game at one time being hurt. I mean, his offensive line, he lost his left tackle. 
uh, in week one. Aaron Jones hasn't been healthy almost all year. Christian Watson, his number one receiver, has been hurt almost all year, and he's still numbers that, again, we talked about it earlier, that are, should be in the MVP conversation. He's, he's resilient. He's resilient as resilient gets. I mean, he just he goes out there and he plays his game. No matter who's out there, he makes throws to no matter who's out there catching it. And he's going to go out there. And, and, and there's a little bit of monetary uh, motivation for Jordan Love today. If he hits a couple of, uh, of stats on the, uh, on the stat sheet, he, he can earn himself a, a nice payday uh, after today. So I think the motivation – for Jordan Love to prove that, hey, I'm the quarterback of the future. We're going to do something we didn't do a year ago with Aaron Rodgers, and also there's a couple million dollars on the line, so I think I'll, I'll play uh, you know, as good as I, can, as I can. And bingo, you just said the magic word, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Now let's look at that debacle on the East Coast. Uh, obviously, beginning of the season, before the first game, everybody was saying this is the Jets' year, this is the win they go, and then, you know, three plays in, Aaron's out. Now, what do you think is going on in his mind? As you just pointed out, last year he couldn't make it. He couldn't beat the Lions, so they went to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And now he's looking at this young quarterback, Jordan Love. What do you think he's thinking today? I, you know, I genuinely think he's happy, uh, Libby. I really do. I think, I think he, he referred to the Packers as us. Um, he was on the Pat McAfee show earlier this, uh, this last week. I genuinely think he is happy for Jordan Love. I think he's a guy that um, kind of knew when they drafted uh, number 10 that, you know, the writing was eventually going to be on the wall, and, and sure enough, it was. Um, and, but I also think he knew how he was treated with Brett Favre and how he didn't want to replicate that for Jordan Love. And he wanted to take Jordan Love under his wing and, and, and really kind of show him the ropes, and I think he really did. I think while he was here, and while they were together, I think Jordan Love learned a lot. I mean, if you watch Jordan Love, he, there's, there's plays, multiple plays during the game where you look at him and you're like, that looks just like Aaron Rodgers. Like, and he looks like him mm-hmm. um, from a playing perspective. You know, and, and everybody takes something from somebody. And I think Jordan Love took a lot, a lot of good from Aaron Rodgers, maybe learned from the bad. But I genuinely think Aaron Rodgers is happy uh, for Jordan Love. And I really think he wants the Packers to beat the Bears uh, today. All right. So you mentioned the Pat McAfee show. What the heck is wrong with Aaron Rodgers with this Jimmy Kimmel thing? Yeah, I, well, you got to know. That's the thing when he, when Aaron Rodgers gets behind a microphone or when he is on camera, there's something going to be said. Something snarky is going to be said. You know, remember those two? I think it was like a year ago. There was a tussle between the two um, where he mentioned the Epstein list, and and uh, Jimmy Kimmel made fun of him that following week. So it's been an ongoing beef, but if you're a Packers fan and you're watching that, I mean, that's not surprising. We saw that guy throw the ownership, not ownership, but Mark Murphy under the bus. We saw him throw Brian Goodikins under the bus, his coach under the bus. Like none of that is surprising when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. And I know people are like grasping for air, but that's, this is who he's been for the last decade or so. All right, so so we're we're looking ahead to the game here. Obviously, that's on our mind. But uh, before, before we get back to your prediction on that, do you think Aaron Rodgers is actually going to play next year? Oh yeah, yeah, he'll, he'll you be think motivated. So? You think play. he'll be back? Yeah, yeah, he'll be back next year. Uh, I think he'll have something to prove next year. And, and for Packers fans, Aaron Rodgers having something to prove usually bodes well if you're rooting for him. So I think he'll I, I think he'll have a good year next year. I, he'll definitely be back. All right, so what about today? And, and I know you hate being put on the spot as far as predictions, but, Brandon, I have to ask you, what do you think is going to happen? Do you want to give us your thoughts as far as scoring and who the actual winner is going to be? Yeah, I think it's going to be, you know, last week one was 38-20. to 20. It was, you know, not necessarily close in the second half. The Bears have been playing much better. They're 5-2 and two in their last seven games. 16 interceptions over their last six games. So it's a, a much more improved Bears team that, again, has a lot to play for. I know everybody says that they don't have anything to play for. Technically, they don't. But if you were to tell them they can send the Packers home, a team that has beaten them nine straight times, has owned them for the better part of 30 years, I think they would say that they have everything to play for. So I think it's going to be a, a close game. Um, I think the Packers have to, to really – 
control Justin Fields inside the pocket and not let him get outside and let him get you know run into what he's better at um, as far as the quarterback position goes. But I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be 24-19, but I think the Packers will squeak out a win. I think it's a, you know they'll they'll have a late score in the fourth quarter, and, the, and then the defense will, will stop Justin Fields from the end zone, and, and the Packers will go on to uh, play in the playoffs. And if you told me that in April when they traded away Aaron Rodgers, I wouldn't believe you. Yeah, I don't think anybody would. Well, Brandon, we'll be <laughs> listening for your analysis this week on Wisconsin Morning News. Thanks so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you, Libby. Go Pack. It's 928, 32 degrees at WTMJ. Joining us on our Tri-County Contracting Hotline is Michelle Reinen, our consumer expert from DATCAP. And Michelle, tell us about this and how these scams can really snowball. Yeah, we share this as a learning opportunity for people to try and identify in slow motion here where things could have changed because when we get caught up in these situations, they move very quickly. So in the case that was reported to DATCAP, a consumer lost nearly a half a million dollars in a scheme involving government imposters, a fake non-disclosure agreement, and the purchase of several boxes of gold bars. What happened is that this consumer received a legitimate looking pop-up notification on their computer and it indicated that their data was compromised and urged them to call a Windows tech support phone number. Well, when they contacted that, they received a fake Windows employee who directed them to the fake Federal Trade Commission fraud unit, who is our national consumer protection partner, the legitimate FTC. So, No one would think that's a reliable resource. Well, that imposter told the consumer that their identity was stolen, gave them many specific but completely fictional details about the case, and then they were told to sign a non-disclosure agreement for their security. But really, the scammer's intent was to isolate this individual and prevent them from sharing details with friends and family to identify that this was all just a scam. Well, as this continued... The consumer was told to protect their retirement funds by transferring them to their bank account and use them to purchase gold bars. And then at every step, there was a very complicated process where they were continued to be counseled by this fake FTC representative. But finally, the individual was told that an undercover agent in a black SUV would pick up the gold bars. They'd hand over the gold and then be assured that they'd be issued a new social security number and a check for the gold's full value. And again, at the end of the day, this was nearly a half a million dollars lost in this scheme. And that was right here in Wisconsin? That was here in Wisconsin and reported to DADCAP. So, of course, we've gotten our federal partners and law enforcement partners involved in this ruse, if you will, to see if there's any leads that can be taken to try and help this individual recover from this scam. And does it look like they're making any progress? Well, that's yet to be determined in that this is a newer issue. We wanted to make sure we got it out there for the learning opportunity with everyone. You know, there's a number of different complicated schemes tied together. It's the tech support scam, the pop-up on the computer tied with the government imposter aspect of this, and then the movement of money and being asked to make payments in non-traditional forms like gold bars. We often talk cryptocurrency, wiring money, things that aren't traceable, and the secrecy of the non-disclosure agreement. So a number of different things when you have time to think through them that appear to be red flags. But again, in this moment of urgency and panic and threats of losing your retirement, in your identity, that rational thought doesn't always come first. What a disturbing story that is. Michelle, if anybody out there thinks that maybe they've got somebody trying to get that kind of information from them, or if they feel that there's just something not right in a transaction they're making, let's give that consumer protection hotline number. Yes, one 800 4227128. And as well, you can go to our website at datcp.wi.gov to get a consumer guide that gives you the highlights of these different scams just to keep as a resource for when you encounter these situations. I, what a disturbing story. I mean, and this actually is, it, it happened, it's ongoing. Um, I know Michelle said that the FBI is in looking at this and of course, this poor person is out a half million dollars. So it's really a lesson that if something comes up on your computer, 
you don't know what it is, just delete it. Anybody who really wants to get a hold of you will get a hold of you. And probably by registered mail. So just another warning for for anybody out there not to be taken advantage of because this is, oh, I I just feel so bad for the people involved. All right, it's 940. We're uh, at 34 degrees. There's a winter storm that is probably going to be coming sometime tomorrow night. We're going to tell you about that. And also, we've got a preview of what's happening on Conversations today. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. I'm Libby Collins at Wisconsin Weekend Morning News, and uh, it looks like today we've got some little some drizzle, maybe a few flurries. It's going to be mostly cloudy and a high of 37. Then tonight, cloudy down to 29. Tomorrow, it's going to start out cloudy with a high of 38. And then as we get into Tuesday, that's where it gets interesting. We talked with TMJ4's meteorologist, Brendan Johnson, earlier today, and he said that snow mix is very likely. Um, there's probably going to be as much as five to eight inches of snow. They're definitely keeping an eye on it. And certainly you'll want to keep it right here and we'll keep you posted as well. 36 will be your high. Then Wednesday, early snow showers. It'll be cloudy and windy and a high of 35. Then Thursday, another chance of snow showers and a high of 34. No doubt we are definitely into winter. In Mequon, 32 degrees. Racine has 32. Economics at 33. We have 34 degrees at WTMJ at 943. Well, I had the chance to talk with... Uh, Dale Koyenga, who's the president of the Milwaukee Metropolitan Chamber of Commerce. And I asked him about one of the biggest events Milwaukee has ever hosted. It's going to take place in July. And of course, it's the RNC. Well, what exactly are the priorities? We've got something exciting coming up next summer, and that's the RNC. What do you think is more challenging? Is it finding places for people to stay and things to do, or is it the security? Well, it depends who you ask. If you ask the FBI and the marshals and the police services, they're going to say security, and their answer should be security because that's their primary objective and that's their role. If you're talking to the Visit Milwaukee folks and talking to the Marcuses and the hotel folks, they're going to say, well, it's going to be lodging because that's what they do, and that should be their number one. And if you have police more worried about lodging and you have the lodging people more worried about security, it's all messed up. (laughs) So it's a coordinated effort. But the fact that everyone has a pleasant experience and they walk away from Milwaukee saying, this place is really the place you want to be. This is one of the great held secrets as far as what this region has to offer. It's all very important. Former State Senator Dale Coinga, he is the new president of the MMAC, but he's had a really interesting life, a lot of background. We talked to him about all of it, and you can hear the entire conversation at 11 o'clock right after the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show. It's 945. You're a minute away from sports with Matt. The Bucks comeback fell short in a 112-108 loss to Houston. I thought we dug ourselves in the hole uh, as a unit, but I love how we fought and got out, tried to get out of it. Just kind of ran out of time. But, you know, like I said, Dame's going to – sometimes the ball doesn't fall for you. Like, he was getting some good looks, and then sometimes they, you know, give him credit. They, you know, they were switching. They're long. They're athletic. They did a good job. Bucks head coach Adrian Griffin. The Bucks outscored the Rockets by 12 in the fourth quarter, led by 17 fourth quarter points from Giannis, who closed with 48. Up next, the Bucks return home on Monday night against the Utah Jazz. Coverage on WTMJ starts at six with Bucks shoot around. Seventh ranked Marquette men's basketball fell to Seton Hall 78 to 75. The Golden Eagles led by as many as 10 and trailed by as much as eight in the first half. Osui Gadara finished with 22 points and 8 rebounds. Chase Ross only played one minute before suffering a shoulder injury. The loss drops Marquette to 2-2 two two in the Big East. Up next, they'll host Butler on Wednesday night. Tip-off on 94.5 ESPN is scheduled for 8. The Packers will have a couple of key bodies back today for the winning in contest against the Chicago Bears. Jaw's been phenomenal this week. He really has. And uh, it's, it's, you know... Still Jair Alexander. When you when you get him back in the building and, and back with the with the potential of the availability, um, it's just a great it's great to have him just here and and with us and, and back in the fold. 
Packers defensive coordinator Joe Barry. In addition to Alexander's return from suspension, they will also get tight end Luke Musgrave and running back Emmanuel Wilson back from injured reserve. However, they will be without running back A.J. Dillon and safety Rudy Ford. Also, wide receiver Christian Watson is listed as questionable after not participating in Friday's practice. Kickoff this afternoon from Lambeau Field is scheduled for 325. I'm Matt Sossler, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Matt. Football, basketball, can you believe that baseball is only six weeks away? That's right. That's when uh, spring training begins, and we're going to be talking with Brewers announcer Jeff Levering right after this. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News, 948, 34 degrees. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. We've been giving away tickets all this week for the Brewers' winter warm-up event that takes place next Saturday and Sunday at the Miller High Life Theater. And joining us on our Tri-County Contracting Hotline is Jeff Levering. And, of course, you know him from all of the broadcasting he does on both radio and TV for the Brewers. And, Jeff, pleasure to have you here today. Likewise. It's great to be talking a little bit of baseball, even though it's a little cold, not as cold as normal winters, but nice to be talking about a little baseball. And we are so looking forward to this season with the Brewers, but we get a little peek at what's going on next week and at the winter warm-up event. Tell us what's going to be going on. Yeah, sure. It's really exciting to have the winter warm-up back. It used to be Brewers on Deck, kind of a rebrand with the Brewers winter warm-up at the Miller High Life Theater next week. It's two days worth of events on Saturday and Sunday. The Kids Clinic on Sunday, which unfortunately is sold out for kids. 1400 is great for everybody involved. Unfortunately, no more tickets available for anybody else, but still some tickets available for the big event that's happening at the Miller High Life Theater on Saturday. Kind of a program of events that we've done in the past where we've got Three different stages with interactive games with the fans and opportunity to meet some of the big league players, some of the stars from the future, as well as front office members. Manager Pat Murphy and Ricky Weeks will be in attendance. Some fun games, get to know the players, and just a great time to, to be talking about a little bit of baseball next weekend. Plus, there'll be an opportunity for fans to get some of those autographs, too. No doubt about it. And that's, I think, what fans really appreciate. The the gates or the doors to the theater open up at 11 o'clock in the morning. The, The big program starting at noon. But there's autograph sessions beforehand. So make sure you go to Brewers.com. All the information is available there to where you can get your tickets. A limited number are available for the VIP package, which includes the autograph sessions and the show as well. So make sure you hop on Brewers.com. Make sure you join us. It's going to be a lot of fun. What are you looking forward to most? For the event or for the entire season? That's a loaded question. There's a lot of things (laughs) I'm looking forward to. Well, let's start with the event. Do you like interacting (laughs) with the fans? Oh, yeah, I love it. I miss doing this. We haven't done a Brewers on Deck or Winter Warm-Up since 2020, and I really enjoy it. You know, this is my 10th year with the organization, and that's where I first met Brewers fans was at Brewers on Deck back in 2015 kind of my introduction to the organization and I've been hosting game shows and you really get an opportunity to meet the players when you do those things you know the Brewers feud and the Brewley Wed game and Brewers besties <laughs> and things of that nature you really get to know these players and coaches at a, at a different level and you want to know those personalities you want to know who these guys are away from the field and it's a great way to learn about these guys. You know Jeff you have the opportunity of course to travel with the team and you've gone all over the country how do Brewers fans come compare with fans of the other teams? The Brewers fans travel better than a lot of the fan bases around the country. I've said this over the last few years now that the lockout's gone, all the COVID restrictions are gone, and it's back to normal, right? We see Brewers fans in almost every city that we go to, and it's just so great because Brewers fans want to get out there and they want to explore the country and see these different ballparks and go to different places. You know, as upper Midwest folks, they want to be outside as much as possible. Baseball is a great way to do that. And seeing all these different ballparks around the country and and supporting on the Brewers, and listen, they've been really, really good over the last eight years, too. That doesn't hurt things either. They're going to be really good again this year, too, with the pitching staff and some of the offensive players they're coming back with. So we love seeing Brewers fans out and about around the country and and cheering on the brew crew. It's the road crew, as we call it, whenever we see folks around different ballparks. And what do you think the season's going to look like this year? I know you said it's going to be a good one, but is there anything that really stands out? Well, it's going to look a little different, right? The guy in the dugout's going to be different with Pat Murphy and Ricky Weeks running the show. The rest of the coaching staff remains the same, which I think is really important to keep the cohesiveness between the coaching staff and the players that are coming back. Of course, Corbin Burns will be back as as far as we know. And for Willie Adamas, who's going to be back in his final year of his contract, 
William Contreras was outstanding last year. His first year as a brewer behind the plate is a silver slugger and, and an all-star last year. So I think there's a lot of good things and still some more moves to come, I'm sure, before spring training hits in a short six weeks. It's hard to believe that spring oh. training is going to be six weeks away here pretty soon, but it'll be here before we know. And I think, again, it, there's a lot of cohesiveness within the, the folks within the, the clubhouse. And Christian Yelich had a great season last year. A lot to be excited about in 2024. I know tickets are still available at brewers.com winter warm-up. And also, now what is this? If you purchase tickets now, you can also have the opportunity to purchase tickets early for the home opener? Yeah, exactly right. If you get your tickets to winter warm-up, that automatically allows you to purchase individual game tickets for the season opener, which again is right around the corner of the beginning part of April. Brewers start the season on the road in New York against the Mets, and then they come right home for a six-game homestand. So make sure we see it. You winter warm-up, and then it gives you an opportunity to buy opening day tickets. That should be a holiday in the state of Wisconsin, opening day, right? I feel like that's a, it's a rite of patches, a passage to be an opening day at American Family Field. Wait a minute. You mean it's not a national holiday? <laughs> it really should be. I treat I treat it like one. Every home opener should be should be a holiday around town. I think we all do. Jeff Levering from the Brewers. Great to have you here this morning, and we will see you next weekend at the Brewers Winter Warm-Up, and I know tickets are still available. Thanks so much, Libby. It's 9.57. If you are headed to Green Bay for the game and you're going to do a little bit of uh, tailgating, it looks like uh, it's going to be cloudy up there with uh, a high only of 35 degrees for game time. And uh, around Milwaukee, we've got some flurries and drizzle still. It's going to be cloudy for the day, 37 for a high tonight. Cloudy down to 29. Tomorrow looks mostly cloudy and 38. And then tomorrow night, that's where that snow and mix is likely to come in. And by Tuesday, maybe as much as five to eight inches of snow. We will be keeping an eye on it. So keep it right here on WTMJ. Coming up after the news, it's Brian and Tim Holdman. On, uh, Brian Wickard and Tim Holdman on the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show. They're going to explain why home prices have risen again. And I'm going to be back with my conversation with former State Senator Dale Coinga at 11 o'clock this morning. Then it's Green Bay game day at noon right here on WTMJ.